Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. Hey, we're so glad you're here this morning. My name is Adam, and I am the volunteer coordinator here at DHC. I'm thrilled to be continuing this series called More Like You, which will actually take us kind of through the summer at DHC. We're going to be talking about these things for the next number of weeks as we explore all of these things together. And if you got a chance to zone into that bumper video and have heard John in the last couple of weeks, we have really been thinking about and talking about what does it mean to be more like God, specifically more like Jesus, and how do we live that out every single way? And it's this this idea that when you say yes to becoming a follower of Jesus, that Jesus would come into your life, the Holy Spirit would come into your life, and then you would have almost the power to cultivate or to understand or to live more like him with the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we're talking about how we do that um, each and every day and each and every week of our lives. And so I thought it would only be appropriate as we kind of go through each week to just put this verse up on the screen because this is going to be the foundation and the crux for everything that we're talking about. And here it is. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what I love about DHC is the way we do messages around here is we're just really rooted in the scripture. We believe in that. And so we're just going through this kind of fruit of the spirit by fruit of the spirit and going, what does it look like for those of us in our lives who want to be more like God, this idea of being more like you, God, how do we do that by embracing and cultivating and living out these fruits of the spirit? John opened up with week one as he talked about uh, just kind of a general overview. And then last Last week, he talked about love, which I thought was really exciting. And then they brought me up here to talk about the two fruits of the Spirit in a row, in my opinion, that probably John exhibits the least of, joy and peace, which is exciting. So, um, John, if you're watching, we got a good laugh in this room based on that, which is really great. No, I'm only kidding. However, it's just one of those things that we're going to talk about in the next two weeks, and I could not be more jazzed about these messages. I could not be more excited because I just am so pumped about what God's going to do through our hearts and through our lives as we have conversations about this, as we understand this, as we digest this information. So not only sit back and kind of enjoy these messages as they come forward, but actually really reflect on and figure out how does this apply to your life? How can you be more like God through this? Because today we're going to talk about joy, okay? This is a really important one for me. In fact, I would like just a brief round of applause for this shirt because I feel like talking about joy, there is no other, thank you so much, ma'am, I appreciate it, okay? There, there's no other shirt that I could have worn to describe joy other than this, right? Because I feel like this is a representation of kind of my life and how I like to live. Colorful, joyful, bouncing around, sashaying through life, shall they say? And I just feel like it's one of those things that if this is in the Bible, this is a fruit of the Spirit, then we should take this very seriously. Because let me tell you one of the things that I have noticed. Maybe you've noticed the same thing. We live in a world without a lot of joy. If you're like me and you walk around or you watch anything, whether that's just you know random television, media, social media, any show, joy is generally not the first word that comes to your mind. 
Joy is definitely not the first emotion or life, uh, you know, life observation that I see based on the things that I watch. As I watch friends and family go through things, I don't step back a lot of the times, even Christians who I know, and go, you know, they're really joyful. They're really excited. And this is not fake joy. This is not just putting on a happy face just because. This is real, authentic joy. I just believe we live in a world without a lot of joy. But I also believe that when you have real authentic joy, that something begins to happen, that joy is almost contagious. And it's one of those things that kind of oozes out of your pores, it oozes out of your life, and people really kind of want to be around you, or they want to have conversations with you, or they want to engage with you because you have a lot of joy. Let me tell you just about something that people tell me uh, kind of about my life, which I think is important. People tell me often that I have too much joy, that I'm just, you know, one of those people who really loves life and loves to celebrate and loves people and loves what we get to do, specifically way too early in the morning for some. And it's one of, I just, I, I wake up with joy. I'm like, let's go. We're going to get this day. It's going to be an amazing day. Let's go out there. And, and for some people, that's a little too positive based on how they live their normal life. But I can't help it. I just really do authentically love people and love life. That's what I just love. And so I want to kind of dissect some of this today based on my interpretation of it and what the scripture says about it. Because as I've talked with people throughout my ministry career, not only people who I sit across the table from and have coffee, lunch, dinner, whatever it is, but even friends and family, um, they've just kind of said this to me a lot. And you've probably heard it before. I think it's really important for you to hear it and understand it because I'm going to draw some stark comparisons coming up. But as you've sat and talked to someone, have you ever heard them say this to you? I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. How do, I, how do I just be happy? Because I'm not happy. I'm miserable. Things aren't going the way that I want them to go. And guess what? The people around me, and even I feel like the Bible, even my faith in Jesus, is maybe leading me toward the thought of, even though it's not true, the thought that I must act happy. I'm not happy, but I must act happy. I got to put on the happy face. I got to welcome people into my house that I really don't want there. I got to engage with people that I really don't want to engage with. I must act happy. I must talk happy. Hey, I can't bring up what I'm mad about or not happy about because I got to put on the happy face. I got to turn that frown upside down. We live in a world where people, him, her, children, aunts, be, be happy. Come on, Adam, be happy. I must look happy. But by the way, this is a difficult one for folks, right? Looking happy. Have you ever like thought this maybe was a difficult thing for you? You got you to look happy. We live in a world that's like, man, I, I got to look happy all the time. And if I'm not happy, I must fake it. Right? Got it. I got it. I got to be happy, and and my family's telling me I got to be happy. I got people coming over. I got to put on the happy face. I got to. Here's the truth. Happiness is oftentimes misjudged, and happiness is misunderstood. And there's all. And John has done some messages about happiness in the recent past. I believe he did one late last year around Thanksgiving time that was called "What Makes You Happy" or "What Makes Me Happy." Um, but but here's what I want you to know about happiness. And stay with me, because I want to draw a stark comparison and a contrast between happiness and joy, because they're way different from each other. And I think it's important for us to get that going forward. Happiness in your life is tied to circumstances. 
Happiness in your life is tied to circumstances. No matter where you are in this room, no matter what you're going through, your day-to-day happiness, your jolliness, your wanting to be around people, your wanting to put that happy face on is generally related to our circumstances. Circumstances in our life that go a certain way or not. So, right? So this is the next slide here. When we want something to go a certain way and it doesn't, Okay, that is something that would affect our happiness, our circumstances. So I want to go to this school. I didn't get in. I wanted this job. I didn't get it. I wanted that girl or I wanted that guy and I didn't get them. I wanted something. I want like, for example, like there was a a recent time where like I went to get a flavor of ice cream and I was so excited about getting this particular flavor of ice cream. And when I got there, guess what? That was the one flavor that they didn't have, okay? So there are these things in our life that when we want something to go a certain way and then it doesn't, right? And then what happens? Our happiness, based on that, crumbles. Why didn't he like me? Why didn't she like me? How could I not get that job? How could my kids do this? I thought they were going to do that. There are all these things, day in and day out. And by the way, I'm using large examples in life. Now, some of us have really large things going on, but some of us do not have very large things going on. And we allow, but they're large to us at the moment, right? And we allow these circumstances to actually kind of take our happiness over because we thought it was going to go a certain way and it didn't. A couple years ago, quick story. We were redoing my office. So Caitlin, a number of years ago, started her own kind of e-design, interior design firm. She went back to school to get her interior decorator certificate, really cool thing. And I, I said, I want you to design me a new office. And sure enough, she did. It would look beautiful. And the cabinet guy who was installing the cabinets was like the worst cabinet guy I've ever seen on planet Earth. Like if you've seen one, I got a worse one for you, okay? Like, it, it, it took weeks. He was lying to us. The cabinets came sticky. They stuck to the floor. We had to threaten to sue him to get it done. Finally, we got it done. And I was in a bad mood for weeks. And I was like, because my, my computer where I was working was on my kitchen table. And my little collectibles were not in my office. Threw me all off. And I, re- I remember being really unhappy. And, and I remember there was a moment to go, what am I going to do to change this? And the answer was really nothing at that point other than to be patient or I could actually just fix my happiness based on it. Because a lot of times our happiness is tied to circumstances and those circumstances encompass something that we expect to go this way and it doesn't, so we get unhappy. Circumstances. But I gotta tell you something. I think about this, and I think about what God says about this in the Bible and what Jesus says as he walked the earth. I can't find a verse in the Bible where God told us things were going to go our way. I can't find one. I've scoured it cover to cover. Where are we in our life that think that just because we want something that we are going to get something? Even if it's right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent, where did that come into our psyches that we say, I want this, so I should have this, and when I don't get this, my mood and happiness is broken in the moment. Ever been there? 
I think everybody in the room has been there. In fact, there may be a lot of us who are there right now, today, based on your circumstances, large or small. But here's what I want to say about the second fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. And it's so important for us to understand this, and it's different uh, based on what we've talked about and thought about throughout the time here at DHC. We have to understand something. Happiness, based on circumstances, and joy are different. They are different. I'm not telling you, by the way, gang, don't miss this. I'm not telling you that in certain circumstances, your happiness doesn't have a right to actually be a little low and you have the right to be a little upset. Sure, we're people. We want things to go a certain way. They didn't go that way. So we can kind of revel in that for a little bit. Maybe it's healthy, maybe it's unhealthy, but that's a human nature thing, right? Anybody would experience that. Joy is different. Joy is completely different than happiness. Joy is an attitude. Joy is an attitude, an attitude that we wake up with every single day. Joy is a choice, a choice to be joyful, a choice to bring light into a broken world. Joy is not dependent on circumstances. It's not dependent on what happens to you or what doesn't happen to you. It's an unmistakable way of life that we would choose to live because of what we know in our own hearts. Joy, I love this one, joy makes life enjoyable. Joy makes life enjoyable. You ever been around someone miserable? You ever, I mean, there's a face in everyone's mind right now, and it's generally someone who unfortunately has to sit at your Thanksgiving dinner table in just a few months. It's one of those things where you're, you're around someone miserable, and you know what they do to the room, they just bring it down. They bring everybody down. And you know what? I tend to leave people like that and say to my wife at times when we get in the car, man, I just, I, I wish that they had some joy because joy makes life enjoyable. It makes life fun. It makes life entertaining. People can be joyful and telling stories and laughing and having a great time. Joy makes life enjoyable. Joy is a way of life. Joy is a way of life. Joy is a choice every single day. I love that when John talks about love at DHC, he talks about how love, yes, it's an emotion, but more than it's an emotion, it's a choice. It's a choice to love someone. Joy is also a choice. And when you choose joy day after day, joy is a way of life. But you might be asking me, why be joyful? Like I look around the world, like maybe I don't wanna be joyful. Maybe my portfolio and my retirement account's been cut by 33% like everybody else in America. Maybe I've looked around and there's a lot of people in this city who need help and are homeless and they don't have a lot of joy. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking at the state of the world and there's chaos everywhere and I don't, I don't want to have joy. Why should we have joy? Specifically, as Christians, we should have joy because we have hope. We have hope. We know that if we have said yes to following after Jesus and the Holy Spirit has entered our life, 
that having joy, don't miss this, is possible for every single one of us. Having a life filled with joy is not only possible, it's achievable. And we can cultivate that emotion in our lives, that spirit in our lives can help us, that fruit, we have hope. You know, as I see folks, specifically Christians, who are angry about the state of the world or angry about their family or estranged from people or they're just walking around mad and angry. And by the way, I have met a lot of angry Christians in my life. I would, if I were a betting man, and I am a betting man, I, I would say that I've probably bet I've probably met more angry Christians in my life than joyful Christians. And I've said this to a number of people along the way. And a lot of them roll their eyes and kind of get angry back at me because remember, I'm the joyful guy. I'm the one spreading joy. People, people who are angry, they don't like the joyful guy, right? But I've always said this to people. Hey, we have hope. You're going to heaven. What are you so mad about? Right? Like at the end of the day, we have hope through Jesus Christ. We believe that he is the ever-risen Messiah and Son of God. And when we place our hope and trust in him, when we ask him into our lives, that we have hope. So I often say to people, well, you're going to heaven. What are you so mad about? Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 2 says this. I love these verses. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace through with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in, in which we now stand. Don't miss this last one. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We have hope. We have hope for a future even if we're broken at the moment, we have hope through Jesus Christ that we can be redeemed, not only just redeemed with God, but our circumstances can also be redeemed. As bad as they may seem, as little as they are or as big as they are, because God has a purpose for our lives. I really truly believe at the end of the day that we can understand that God has a purpose and a plan for us. We have hope in Jesus Therefore, joy is possible. All right, Adam, how do we have joy? What do we do? You sold me. I'm a grouch. Nobody wants to be around me. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to have joy, but I, I really can't have joy because I hate everything. So tell me what I need to do, right? And maybe, maybe you're there, by the way, because I've met a lot of folks who are there. I just want to let you guys know we've developed four of these things that we think that you can do. So if you're a note taker, you want to take pictures of the screen, these are things that you can do to um, really figure out how to put joy in your life consistently. So I want to talk through them, and they're really, really important. They're practical things. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of title this Develop a Spiritual Workout. This is Christian Cheesy 101, right? This is what it is, and every once in a while, we pull a rabbit out of our hat, and we're like, man, I thought these guys were like next you know, generation and cutting edge, and then they put something like this on the screen, but we're going to figure it out. So I'm going to give you four tips that are going to help you develop a spiritual workout, and, and I believe that when you do these things, right, when you do these things, that joy is something that will be developed and cultivated in your life. Powerful stuff. Number one, really cool, develop an attitude of gratitude, 
I still can't believe that I'm saying that because it rhymes. And it, so we were doing this message this week, and we thought, like I was, you know, as I was talking to John about it, because John and I reviewed the message, we reviewed it this week. He's like, wow, that was a, that's a good one. He's like, what are you, a Southern Baptist preacher? And I said, yeah, I think I am. So we made this slide. There I am, folks, Adam Duckworth, Southern Baptist preacher. Develop, look, I'm looking off into the, you know, like into the side like the Southern Baptist preachers do. So I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm looking over there, right? Develop an attitude of gratitude. Let me tell you what that means. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, here it is. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Every single day when I get up and every single day when I go to bed, I have a habit of just saying, thank you, God, for another day. And I reflect on what happened that day. And as I get up out of bed before my feet even really hit the floor, I just am like, God, thanks for another day. Because here I am, breathing air, ready to go into the day, right to the coffee pot I go. Let's rock and roll. Now, to some of you, that is your worst nightmare, but that's the way I do it. And I just am thankful every single day. It's an attitude of no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what I'm going through, that I say thank you. Because here's the deal. I haven't always in my life gone through ideal circumstances. There are things that have been challenging and trialsome in my life, just like yours. Some of you know some things, some of you don't. That's not why we're here to cherry pick each one of those things. It's to say no matter what the circumstances are, that God will work through it and bring you through it should you still be open to following after him. So with this idea of an attitude of gratitude, we have to stop letting your own expectations get in the way of your joy. Stop letting your own expectations get in the way of your joy. Stop being so hyper-focused on what you want all the time, and then when you don't get it, Letting the unhappiness creep into your heart and into your life. Because the truth is, in some ways that we don't know or imagine when we're going through it, God is, he is, going to use your circumstances for good at some level. I don't know how, you don't know how at the moment, but I can physically tell you, and as people have gone through things in life, and by the way, guys, There are so many people at DHC who have just gone through stuff and have come out the other side of it. And I get to sit and hear stories from people who just say, man, God has really worked in my life and what an amazing thing he's brought me through and allowing that story to help others. God can do it and he will will do it. But an attitude of gratitude, saying thank you and being thankful in all circumstances, as 1 Thessalonians says, is so important as we walk throughout the life that we have here on earth, and as we attempt to follow after him and to be more like Jesus. Number two, cultivate inner joy by giving. Cultivate inner joy by giving. Um, I just want you guys to know this, that if you really want to live a joy-filled life, you have to give to others. And this is not a DHC thing. This is not a give to the church message. That's not what it is. Uh, If you do that, we're thankful for that. This is just live a life of generosity. The most generous people I know in my life are filled with the most joy. Bottom line, they're joyful about it. They're not angry about it. They give. Acts 20.35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Maybe there are people in your life who need help. Maybe there are people in your life who just don't do as well financially. 
And when I talk about giving here, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about dollars, just so we're aware. Maybe it's one of those things where we know somebody who, who knows what this could do to change their life. And as you are able to give, as you are able to invest in someone else, your joy is almost spread like wildfire. You can give to organizations, and I think that's great. You can give to churches, I think that's great. But what about just those individual cases in your life where people might need something or they might need help and you have the means to do it? Or, and, and what kind of joy would that cultivate in your life? I don't know. But have you ever given generously to someone who didn't expect it? If you've ever done that, watch their reaction. Watch what God does through their life, through your generosity. If that doesn't bring you joy, I don't know what will. It's life-changing. It can tweak your life in terms of having a joyful spirit. Maybe your inner joy is lacking because your grip is too tight. Maybe your inner joy is lacking because your grip is too tight. Maybe you got a tight grip on your pocketbook or your checkbook. And maybe God's saying to you, you know, I really, I really feel like if we could just loosen that grip a little bit, that there might be a little bit more joy in your life. Try that once. Just, I, I, I'm just going to challenge you for a second. Try that once. This isn't a tithing message. That's another time. You know, I've done those before. This is, this is just a try it in terms of radical generosity to someone and see the joy that comes to your life because of it. It's so massive. It's so huge. Number three, develop inner joy through service. I will tell you some of the most joyful volunteer, some of the most joyful people I've ever met are the volunteers of Downtown Harbor Church. I, I don't know why these people are joyful and excited, but man, they're fired up. But I think I, I think I can figure it out. Because when you serve, even if it's not here, it could be somewhere in our city. It could be other individuals. It's just giving of your time. But when you serve, man, it brings you so much joy. We did not have service on Sunday, July 3rd, okay? So we took the week off because of the 4th of July holiday. And I woke up on July 3rd because I was actually in Fort Lauderdale on July 3rd. And I was texting to some of our volunteers and I was like, my gosh, I miss being at DHC this morning. I just miss being at DHC because I love being with these people. I love being able to serve. I love being able to do what I'm able to do to contribute to a part of DHC. If you want really joy, you want to have inner joy in your life, you want to develop joy, you better volunteer somewhere. We hope it's here because we think we have a lot of fun and what a great group of people to come in to here and, and serve with. If it's not, find some place to do it. We, we are so cool with that as well. Go volunteer somewhere. Go give of your time for free. Don't take a check if they offer you one. Do not. Go and do it for free because it's so cool to see what God can do through your life. Ephesians chapter 6, 7 through 8 says this, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. I love that it says they're not people because you know what? Whenever somebody you know, decides, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm not going to volunteer, this happens, it's because ah, I don't like him or I don't like her. And I, this is what the scripture says, not people. Pay no attention to those people, just they're serving God because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. I'm going to read this verse again. It's that important. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. 
because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. Maybe you're not joyful in your life because you're too focused on yourself. Mm, like, you know, dead silence there. Maybe you're focused on the wrong things. Maybe even as you come to DHC, I want to give some clarity here about a few things. Maybe as, even as you come into DHC, you're focused on the wrong things. A lot of times people come into a church and they think it's about the message. This church is not about the message. Stop. We're going to do whatever we can to make what we say on this stage the very best that it can be every single week, but that's not why we believe people come. This church is not about the museum. And dear God in heaven, we're thankful for that because there are some issues here and we're trying to help work those out, but it's not about the museum. It's not. It's not about this space that we're in. This church is not about groups. I want to be clear about that. If, if you get together with a group of people or there's some people who meet, that's fine. That we believe that's a good thing, but this church is never going to be about groups. Uh, not because we don't think those are good things, just we have a different focus. You want to know what this church is about at the core of what we do? This church is about giving back through service. This church is about giving back through service. Uh, on, on all the things that we do, not only it's things on Sunday, but in our community, these, these churches about locking arms with each other, building relationships because we give back. Develop inner joy through service. Giving of your time is so important. So a lot of times people leave messages like this and they're like, hey, you convinced me, how do I do that? I'll tell you how to do that if you wanna be involved here. Scan the QR code, put your information in, check volunteering, we'll be in touch with you Monday. Bada bing, bada boom, we'll plug you in by next week. We guarantee you, it might change your life. It'll definitely change your joy. Number four, stop focusing on things that don't involve you. Now, I just told you in the previous point, maybe you think too much about you. Yeah. Don't get confused here. I always think that when we are others-focused, I just had two points about being others-focused, that we develop more joy. When I say stop focusing on things that don't involve you, I mean... So many people I talk with and talk to are focused on large-scale national issues that they have no uh, intention of or capability of changing. They, have, they focus on those more than their own life. And man, they are mad. Who they are mad. I mean, they're really fired up. You've met people, right? You've met people, especially in the last couple of years, because we've dealt with all these politically charged issues that our culture deals with. I've met people more mad about these issues than that they are broke. Their marriage is falling apart, but they're more mad about the issues they heard about on Twitter. Something is wrong here. And we do it constantly. You are responsible for one person in your life. You. You. You want to develop inner joy? Turn that mess off. What about your community? What about your marriage? What about your life? What about your family? What about your church? If you focus there, if you focus now, wouldn't things be different? I'm not sure if people know this, but you know, a lot of social media things and a lot of media things and a lot of people who would try to rile up culture, you know that that's their job, right? To rile culture up. 
Thorile, I'm not saying the news isn't real. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying there aren't things that aren't valid. But so many people I know are focused on things that they can't fix while they let the things in their own life slip through the cracks. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is a way of life. Joy is had because we have hope through our salvation in Jesus Christ. Joy can be had when we give to others financially. Joy can be had when we give of our time. Joy can be had when we focus here and now. Joy should be a part of our day-to-day life. If joy is not a characteristic in your life, you have to ask yourself a question. If joy is not ever present in my life, why would others want to follow Jesus after they look at me? And they may not. That's why it's so important for us to exhibit these traits and to cultivate these traits constantly. The Bible is filled with verses about joy. I want to share a couple of them with you as we close today's message. Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You want to know what the key word is there in that verse that I love? Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. John 16, 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. And you will receive that your ask, and you will receive that your joy will be full. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive that your joy will be full. Psalm 30, 11. Here's what it says. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Boy, I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than a skin-tight sackcloth, right? Took people a while to get what I was saying there. I said, did he really say that? Yeah, and there's nothing worse than a skin-tight sackcloth. Man, God's loosened that sackcloth, and I'm clothed, me with, I'm clothed with gladness. Now, turn my mourning into dancing. It's what he does constantly. When joy is right here as a part of your life, every single day, at every single moment, and every single thing you does filter through it, it's contagious. People want to be around you. You might lead others to Jesus through that process. They might look at you and say, I don't know what he has or she has, but it's so contagious that I got to know and I want it. So what's the practical? At Downtown Harbor Church, every single week, we put this word on the screen and we, we ask ourselves a question. Hey, what can I do with what I've heard? So we tend to say around here, what can I do as we hear this message on a Sunday and we put it into practice on a Monday? I said this in the beginning of the message, but I want to close with it as well. I just believe this. I know a lot of angry Christians I know a lot of Christians who are angry. Are you one of them? Is that you? People tell you that about you? Because if it is, you should listen. They're probably not telling you that to beat you up. They're probably telling it to you because they actually really like you and want to be around you, but they have difficulty. Is that you? I know a lot of angry Christians. 
I've not asked some questions about our anger and our lack of joy. Here's the question. What are you going to fix in your attitude to be more joyful? What are you going to fix to be more joyful? What are you going to do so that you can exhibit more joy in your life? Get your eyes off your circumstances. It's very, very difficult to do this, to get our eyes off our circumstances. It's almost impossible. But Jesus always called us to the things that were the most difficult and the impossible. What are you going to do to get your eyes off your circumstances and focus on the things that, we, that really matter, the hope that we have in Jesus? Turn your focus from happiness to joy. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is based on things that we want to go a certain way and it didn't. I understand unhappiness. I understand being irritated when we thought this was going to happen, but it didn't. But joy, joy is so different. Joy is a way of life. Joy is an attitude. Joy is a choice. Joy is contagious. Joy is one of those things that when you let it ooze out of your body, that people can't help but go, I want some of that. What are you going to do to get some joy present in your life? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today, before I pray, allow joy and the joy of the Lord. I told you I was going to be Southern Baptist today. The joy of the Lord land in your heart and your mind and your life for all to see. Let me pray for us. Father, God, for who you are, we're so thankful. God, this idea of having this joy, this inner joy that you cultivate in us is so real and so relevant and so practical. God, would you allow us to develop that? God, in this moment, get our eyes off our circumstances and get our eyes on the hope of you. Understanding that things throughout our life are always going to and then not going to go the way we want them to go. Lord, we love you. Because of you, we have hope. Because of you, we have joy. May it come out of us today. May others see the joy in us. And God will be so quick to give you all the glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.